We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you, th- oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we were just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. Welcome to Nobody with a Bible. I'm Chief Nobody Brandon. And here we talk about all the things and use biblical discernment while doing so. So let's dig in. Not using your feelings, but God's truth. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. All right, today we have a question from one of our recent podcasts, and this was an excellent question, so I wanted to go ahead and just record a separate um, podcast answer for it. Uh, This is on the How to Be in the World But Not of the World podcast, and in that podcast we really kind of focused on the importance of uh, family and our ministry at home and, and, and making that a uh, priority in our life um, rather than being completely immersed and, and just infatuated with the world. Um, and, and so this is where that question comes from, and I'll go ahead and read it. Okay. What do you do when teaching kids about evangelism? It's a topic of discussion with some new Christians we are friends with. It kind of goes along with the subject of being in the world, but not of the world. It almost seems to be too narrow-minded to just focus on family if you are not also reaching outside. We really are focused on family as our priority, but reaching outside the home to the people perishing is something I'm wondering about how to go about, and not at all neglecting family. What do you do? So this was an excellent kind of two-part question here that we're going to answer with Scripture. All right, one thing that we have to keep in mind, um, evangelism is extremely important. It, it, it is. Um, but I think the, the, where we have to go to immediately is we have to recall the mind Ephesians 4. And we have to understand that there are many parts to the body of Christ. Many. Okay, if we go to Ephesians 4, and we start at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, now here we go, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. And he gave them, in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer, in verse 14, be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, we'll go back and focus on verse 11 again. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds, and the teachers. So God gave each individual believer 
one gift or another. Some were evangelists. Some were shepherds. Some were teachers. Now if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul expands on this even more. This He begins in verse 12 in chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. For the whole body, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Verse 19, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, in verse 22, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we, dis we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Paul asks a very important question here to what we read back in Ephesians. He said that Christ gave these gifts to the church. But in verse 29, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer to that is no, because there are different parts to this body. So not every one of us is an evangelist. There is a sense where yes, every one of us 
are evangelists by the way that we live. And Peter makes that abundantly clear in, in 1 Peter 3.1. The context is wives, but the principle here is still the same for all believers because it's by the conduct. It's by your conduct that you show somebody Christ. So just because you may not be going out and evangelizing people consistently, well, that doesn't mean that you're not being an example to somebody else just by your family, just by who you are, just by, it it could be a neighbor, it could be somebody that you don't know who's watching you, you don't know. But it's, your, your conduct is still important. So not all of us are evangelists. Uh, God gave, you know, very, very different parts, uh, you know, uh, you know, different people, different gifts. Now, if, if somebody in your family has the gift of evangelism, you will know it. They will talk about Jesus to everybody. And they will, I, I mean, we all know people like that. And if that's the case, then there you go. Then that is your, that's your duty to do what the Lord has given you. But as a family, what we're teaching our children, and, and believe me, I think I have, uh, you know, my four-year-old is in a stage right now, and I pray she stays in it, but she's in a stage right now where she goes up to ask people if they trust Jesus. <laughs> I mean, and, and she's got a personality like you wouldn't believe, so she'd be perfect at evangelism. You know, I mean, we well, those people are extremely important, but the Lord gives those gifts individually. It's the Lord that gives those. We don't give those, and you can't teach those. Uh, we can certainly, we can certainly sculpt them. We certainly can send them to school and educate them, um, but you can't instill these gifts because this is just something that the Holy Spirit does. So we don't need to be concerned as a family. Uh, about, you know, well, what if we just focus on here? Is that bad? Are we narrow-minded that we're not focusing on outside? Well, no, it's not. You're not narrow-minded for doing that uh, because not everybody's job is to be an evangelist. Yes, we all have a ministry and we all, in a sense, can be evangelists and by the way that we live. So, so continue to strengthen your family you know, go out and, and, and definitely be that light to the world. I don't think that we should run away and hide from the world. I mean, there, you know, your fa- I know we've gotten our family and, and believe me, I don't, I'm using this as an example. We're not perfect because I'm sure we've, we've embarrassed ourselves as many times as we have um, great times. But, you know, when we go somewhere as a unit, you know, our family's loud and, and big and, and, and there's a presence felt when our family is somewhere. Um, and, and the presence of that is usually just one of love and just one of, you know, just fun and joy. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's wonderful. And it can be, you know, we've had plenty of people come up and, and say and, and mention something about the family or the children or something like that. And, you know, that's, that's a ministry and that's, and, and we praise God for that because God is working in us and, and allowing us to be, um, that example to somebody, you know, um, and, that, and that's huge. And we can't undermine that. That may have just done the work of, of, you know, a hundred evangelists. You don't know. 
you have no idea what just simply focusing on your family and, and, and strengthening your family and, and letting that be shown will do. Um, it, it'll do a lot. And so if we, you know, if we look at the Bible said that that's what's important. Um, yes, there is people perishing on the outside, but believe me, there will not be one person who is lost. Okay, we know that, that these gifts that the Father has given the Son, not one of them will be lost. It's, it's impossible. It will not happen. All will come to Christ. And it is our duty to preach Christ and, and to go out into the world and to do this. But different parts of the body we're not all the same so in our thought process the way that we apply this is usually well if i'm not in if i'm not in church all the days and if i'm not volunteering and if i'm not doing this and i'm not doing that then i'm not reaching the people and you're turning all of this into a work and you're too focused on that rather than focused on being at home and strengthening that and i'm i'm going to tell you from experience we don't disciple people anymore. And this is what people and Christians need to be discipled. They think that they can just, and, and we can, I was just talking to my wife about this this morning, but we can, but they think that, you know, um, the Bible is something that they can just pick up and read and well, the Holy Spirit's got it. You know, he'll lead me to all understand. And that's true. That's there's, there's, there's complete truth to that. However, God gave teachers as a gift and there is many commandments in scripture to listen to your teachers okay god has given them a gift they've given them a gift of knowledge and understanding that not the average person has are they any better than you no is it that you can't learn this information no that's what they're trying to teach you they're trying to teach you what the lord has given them and that's we're we're just so focused on going to church and playing the game but not being actually discipled we want to go and act like you know i gotta go save a hundred souls on my own but yet i'm not even you know solid in my own doctrines you know and and that you know not that everybody is going to have it right and all this you know i hear the same old stupid comments all the time and i'm sorry if you've commented and i just called your comments stupid but that's honestly how i feel but I get it, the same stuff all the time. And I look, and the biggest problem is is that people aren't shepherded. They're not discipled. So rather than, than you know, it's his people perish for a lack of knowledge. And it's, you know, we don't, the, the knowledge that is there, the people don't even have the attention span to listen to a 45-minute sermon anymore. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard and, and there's a lot more work to be done on the other side of the coin rather than what you you think this Sunday Christian idea is. Now, please, to the, the, the person that, I, that gave this question, please don't take what I just said. Personally, I'm just simply answering the question as a whole and to, you know, anybody else that would ask, not you. I'm not saying that that's what you, you know, this person specifically did. Now, I think they'll understand that. Um, but... Uh, you know, I just want to make make that you know clear, um, and 
you know, this is a thin line, as I was talking to my wife this morning, this is a thin line between the Pope, you know, and, and, and calling some other man father and all these things versus somebody that's going to shepherd you and disciple you and, and, and help you um, shape your family in a way um, that you can't do by yourself because the Lord has given a gift to somebody to, to, to help you get to that point. Like, how are you going to, you know, it, it, Paul asks this very same question in Romans. It's like, how are they, how are they going to hear? How are they going to know if they're not taught, if they're not walk, you know, you should be able to, to understand these things and be able to repeat them. And now granted, if you're, if you're there, if you're a mature Christian and you can check off all these boxes, you're like, you're right. I've had, I've had a wonderful shepherd that shepherded me and I'm solid in my doctrines. I know, um, ins and outs of both sides. You know, I, I know that there's there's two separate sides, you know, and there's there's going to be arguments here. And I know the arguments. I know how to answer the arguments. I can defend them with scripture. I know all of these things. Then go out and engage with the culture <laughs> and, and go out and 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 win souls to Christ. If you can if you can say that. But 99 percent of the people in the church today cannot say that. And that's the church's fault. But that's also the flock's fault because the flock's got to buck up and actually do something and quit being lazy and, and, you know, thinking that, that they got it and they think that it's, you know, this is just about feeling and experience, you know, experience and having to go to church to get, you know, that, that feeling of the Holy spirit and you just feel so good. It's so emotional yet it's empty. You're not being discipled. You're not being taught. So, um, you know, and, and and this isn't something that just lasts on Sunday. This is something that you apply of every second of every day of your life. And it's not something that just happens on Sunday. So this is the problem in, in the majority of the church. I know I've seen this in my own church. I, I've dealt with this many times. So, um, you know, it, it, not that I know everything and not, you know, not that I'm not learning all of this myself because I still am. Uh, but that's majority of the problem, and, and that's where our focus needs to be rather than so worried about going out and doing that. Um, and you're not neglecting the world and your duty as a Christian um, even, you know, uh, to, to do that, you know, by, by just focusing on that. Again, your family is a ministry at home. Heidi, did you have anything to add to any all of that? Well, I think, you know, that really is it because I think, like you said, we all, we all want to be doing our part. And so I think we all want to be quick to, you know, okay, how do I go out? How do I share? What do I do? And unfortunately, I think in our desire, right, it comes from a good place. And I get that. I understand that. But because of our desire and our thinking that, how we do this is to literally go out and, you know, volunteer for things and be included in things and do stuff because the church isn't discipling. And I mean, let's just be honest. Most Christians don't even know what the heck that actually biblically means. No, they don't. Right. Uh, We didn't either. No. Yeah. I think that's an important point. I think to say that we didn't either. Uh, We didn't. Yeah, we didn't. But I think the more we look at this, we all kind of have this idea and understanding that, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I had someone tell me that, you know, if all of us 
because I, I firmly stand that if you are a if you are a true follower of Christ, your children have no business being in the government school system. I firmly believe that. I understand that there's hard cases and they're oh, you can't you. like I get that. But no. it, it, why are you throwing your children to Caesar? Right? I will fight anybody uh, to the death about that. But but I, I hear that all Vody, the time. I have, I agree with Vody Bakum. Vody Bakum's the best on it. He's so great. Israel Wayne's wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, men of God that are standing up and and, and screaming these things. You know, but I love because so often I hear the excuse of well my children are Christians and they need to be able to go to share Christ with other people in school and I go whoa 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 since when is it a child's responsibility to be evangelizing yeah, the world right and let me let me add one scripture that I forgot to add in into all of this and this goes right along with that remember what James 3 1 says not many of you should become teachers my brothers yeah. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody's meant to do these things. Right. And that's what we have to understand. And that's that's part of the emptiness that's that that we have in the church today is we've right. had these people going, oh yeah, Jesus, and it's this serp. He'll make you feel awesome. You come to church, you'll have a good time. You'll clap. You'll you'll feel all emotional. Well, look at youth groups. How youth groups encourage children to bring their friends right. to youth group. Come on, we're gonna have a pizza party, right? It's all right. about this entertainment, about this whatever to get you here, and yet more kids are walking away from the faith now, than I ever do before. Think I do some. There are some good churches. I do will defend that and say that there are, there have some been good churches that do that. That but they get in there to teach them the gospel. There are to give a them few, the gospel, but I would still a, a few, say there that are very that's few. Right, but I have minority. seen. Matter of, I was I just was thinking of one specifically that I know. That's one of the things that one of the pastors that I work with that. Mm-hmm that you know sure does um but he actually goes he brings them in to preach them the gospel and right. i mean it is paul washer gospel when it when it when right. they get in like it so be. and right and that's very rare though and that's not what we see all the time but, let's but just not say... everybody should be a teacher and what we were just reading with what with what paul says in ephesians okay so if everybody was meant to do this paul says okay well he gave all these gifts yep but then james 3 says that not everybody should do this right so what how do you reconcile that well you reconcile with the fact that it's different parts not everybody's meant to do it relax calm down you don't need to have the you know we don't need to go out and preach the shallow jesus and and not really and and that's what gets people frustrated right is they don't understand it so they go out and they they have this 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 superficial level of knowledge of christ and then they go out into the world and then they just get smacked in the face by the world. And they go, oh, I don't know. How do, what do I do? Well, why do you think we have so many people that quote unquote fall away or leave right. the faith? It's because they never had it in the first place. Or they continue to question. Yeah. This has happened a million times. I've seen this happen a million times yeah. too. People who so question. So if this is true, it's like you have not got to this point yet. You under- So there's, there's a big problem. There's an issue here. And I think just time and time again, really, when it comes to this, you know, as a family, how do we still evangelize? How do we do this? Like you said in the beginning, it, it's not about putting your kids in sports and activities and schools so that way they can, you know, share the light of Christ. It's not about the things your family volunteers for, which, again, there may be great opportunities to volunteer and to do that. And that's wonderful. But you have to truly weigh those things. Everything with evangelizing starts at home and starts at your home discipleship. If that is not your first and foremost priority, if that is not the core of what you're doing, then everything else you're doing is honestly just superficial. 
That's just the answer. You know, that's the base of this. If you are not discipling at home, if that is not your core focus at home, then all of that extra stuff you're doing, you're wasting everyone's time. Right. Because you have to have a solid foundation. If the foundation is not solid, but guess what that looks like? That might look like for 20 years, you just pouring into your children at home and not being the family that volunteers for every church activity, not being the family that participates in all the sports, not being the family that does all of the things, right? It may look like for a very extended amount of time, you just being very focused at home and pouring into your children. Guess what? You're evangelizing and you are training up more warriors for Christ to go out into the world and do whatever it is that the Lord puts before them. And like you said, you gave the example. I'll even give you guys a specific, for instance, we went out to visit my dad earlier this year. It's the first time our kids have gotten, well, our oldest technically had met my dad, but it was like, he was tiny. He doesn't remember. It was the first time our children got to meet my dad. And we told our kids, Hey guys, this is a, we need to really be praying over this opportunity because grandpa doesn't know Jesus. He does not trust in Jesus. And this is our opportunity to minister to him. And it was after being there for a couple days. And our son asked us, he was like, gosh, I'm frustrated. Like, what do we do? How do we minister to grandpa? Cause I don't feel like we've done that. Like, I I don't know what to do, right? He was feeling kind of discouraged. And we said, whoa, 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 you have no idea how much we've been ministering to grandpa. So we are, yeah. Right. And he said, well, how? I said, well, let's look at this. Look at by our conduct, what we have shown grandpa. We've shown him that we love Jesus and we have very strong convictions and we will not budge from them. So have you noticed that grandpa doesn't curse when he's around us? Grandpa doesn't do that, right? Like grandpa's even like, oh, wow, this is really serious to you. Like, okay, I, I, re- I understand that. I won't do that. We've shown grandpa that, guess what? Husbands and wives can really love each other and like being together. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing. We've shown grandpa that you can have a great time when you're putting your priority as the children and what's best for them. We've shown, you know, we started going through all these different things. Look what we've shown grandpa by our conduct. And guess what? These relational ways to minister are the most effective. You can volunteer for all the things to evangelize the community and all, you know, all of the big stuff. Guess what? Nine times out of 10, the things that have the most impact are these small relationships. It's the consistent conduct, the consistent, you know, just being there for someone, listening, encouraging, praying for someone. It's these little things, right, that go on like that, that have far more impact than anything else. So how do you evangelize? I would say, number one, you prioritize discipleship at home. If there's only one thing you can get to today, tomorrow, next week, next year, discipleship at home if that's the only thing you get to in your whole day that's fine Days we need to teach our we need to be teaching our kids how to defend the lord and, and defend their beliefs right because that's the public. discipleship and that's the apologetics the, that's, that's, like that's that's, that's, that's that it and then any step outside of that right so you, it's by your conduct and your example to your husband and your children your discipleship in the home all of that and then any step out of that is just relational ministry it's understanding what your ministry is and whoever it is that the lord puts before you right he puts before you you serve you show you love you pray for you be ready to stand up and give an account 
that's how you truly evangelize. Right? We all have this idea of, well, I've got to be Billy Graham and out there. Well, guess what? I'd argue Billy Graham did more harm than good. There, I said it. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Anybody yeah, can build I, up I have a, to agree with that. anybody can build up a podium and say all kinds I love of things. Billy, but I get it in certain ways, things. I get you know, it. I, I mean, I things. do. I get it. But I no, I, you're right about that. And I but think that's what laid the I groundwork. That's what laid the groundwork for this mass, you know, it thing. Is. Look at the Crusades of the '90s, where we all went. We got hyped up. They played the music. They did the thing. They passed out free stuff. It is, but the, it, it was unfortunate as he started off preaching hard yeah and, and then, then over guess what time happened? it got softer and softer and softer and, this, and it laid the groundwork for all this nonsense and you know and that's it's an interesting point because so so many people think like okay young and you know when you're young you're in a cage stage mm-hmm. and they say that you know you're oh you'll you, you got oh, too much you, fire you, in your you, belly yeah, you got too, too fire you, you you haven't the lord hadn't you know matured you yet okay Sometimes, so i yeah. understand that we all should mature but then we shouldn't like you know, move this far away from our doctrine and make it easier. Had too many people to too many people to have to please. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yes, and that's not what we need to do, and that's not what we need to be pumping out. And I know it's it's easy to want to do that, but you know, like we were just saying, I think the the important thing too is just making sure your kids are built up, and and that's and I can guarantee you that's not where a lot of people are. They're not. I mean, because only even well-meaning people. You know that are just now trying to teach their kids these things aren't completely there yet even you know and i i mean i deal with these people all the time i love them to death and i and that's what i love to help and, and they're like man it's just so hard because they're going against they're they're going to school and they're hearing this and they're hearing this and they're hearing that and i'm like yeah you see this is where see what happens this is where the, this that? is where we need to build up them to answer these questions because the the you, you how like we're setting them up for so much failure by sending them out to a world that hates god that lord that hates god that wants nothing to do with the lord that wants to disprove him wants to discredit him for and wants to remove him from everything yep. that's what they're going into yep. and that's what they're dealing with it, I don't care if you've got a good school. You're going to still run into these, you know, or I don't care if you've got a good kid. I don't care if you've got a good, they're still yep. going to run into these things. And and nine, you know, they're, they're not going to understand how to answer the questions of, oh, this person says, you know, this, you know, and now Bill Nye that. says this, right. you know, like that he's some kind of scientist. They don't know how to even answer these questions from scripture. Right. And they don't know how to use scripture as a, they, they don't know what presuppositional apologetics is. They don't know what that, that term even means. For anybody that wonders, it's, it's the, the presupposition that the, this is all true. And there's no doubts, questions, or that there's any, there's any problems with it. There's no contradictions in it. The contra- well, there is contradictions, but the, every contradiction is there that can be explained or is something that is misunderstood. There's human contradiction. There's human contradiction. Because people don't have discipleship not, in biblical literacy. There is not, there is not <laughs> biblical contradiction by any means. Scripture is absolutely perfect and there is no nothing wrong with it. And all of it is good for for training up our children in it. That's that's. There's no problems with it at all. And so when we look in Genesis, when, when we don't know how to answer somebody, when they say, well, prove God exists. Okay, Genesis 1, right there. John, John 1, right there. There you go. 
it says right there that he, in the beginning. Well, let's say that's what that book said. Okay, that's what every other book says too. Every other teaching you can make the same argument with. Mm-hmm. But that's what it says. And then you flip over a little bit to Romans and then you see where Paul says, hey, natural man can't understand this. Yep. They're not going to get it. Why are you going to try? So why are we not teaching our kids? Hey, guess what? So there's going to be kids that come up to you and they're going to not believe in God and they're going to have great arguments for why God doesn't exist. They're going to be compelling. They're going to be, they're going to sound convincing to you. But remember this one thing. They don't understand the things of God. They can't. They'll claim that they do, but it's impossible for them. They have blinders and they want to naturally hate God and they are an enemy of God. All they want to do is destroy you. So yeah, of course, this is what you're going to say. You say, and you smile and say, yeah, okay. I was told about you, that you were coming. 2,000 years why? ago, my you homeboy know, warned me of you. Right, yep. exactly. Why Why have we not told them this? Yep. This is not an opt-out. This is the words of Christ. Yep. This is what he said. Yep. And so that, and that doesn't shake our faith when we know and we hear the greatest arguments. We have all the podcasts, all the YouTube videos, all the great information that's out there that has convinced you that God doesn't exist. Yep. So we can, but yet we can... We don't we don't teach that. That's not something that's 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 not you know consistently given to our children to understand that they cannot and will not understand this. And that's your enemy. That's what you're fighting against. That not that flesh and blood. That spiritual enemy that's behind that. Because this goes way deeper than this. There's going to be all these people who are going to rise up. They're going to have our Joe Rogans who's on there that they sent. I mean they're. They're foolish. They're laughing about Christianity. They're they're misrepresenting it. They've got all of the holes. You know, how many articles have we seen in the past 20 years that have completely debunked Christianity and scripture? Right. Right. I mean, just destroyed it. Right. Now that this is out, it's done. It's those guys are done for now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, what, I mean, what you, we don't teach about a deal and that's going to happen. Right. Consistently. But yet our kids go, well, yeah, but, but he said this and I believe him. So I'm going to follow him. Well, and we're sending most of our kids out with a Sunday school education. Right. Maybe some devotionals at home. But what I just said to you is the most basic thing that we could teach our children. Right. And we could use a few simple scriptures like that. We could use Genesis, John, Romans. Why do you Romans. think I'm putting together and sharing the Bible study that we do as a family in our own home? Mm-hmm going here I'll, I'll offer it do you need a resource to help you dig in with your family here you go because this is important and when our kids know and understand and we're honest and real with stuff i want my kids to be my kids already are far more educated than i was at their age and i grew up in a christian home went to all the church oh, yeah. things I oh christian yeah school, i mean I that, my, yeah i mean i had yeah and I think that's the biggest thing in answering the question of, okay, if we're not in the world, but of the world, how the heck do we still evangelize? Step one, you understand what your role in evangelism is. Right. Understand that. Right. Right? Why is there so much specific put toward these specific roles, being out of the world, not dealing with its dealings, not being a part of its happenings. Like, why is this talked about so often for us to not take it seriously? And I think at the same time, 
we do not understand when we are quote unquote just at home and just serving our family and just doing this we live in a world today far more than any other time in human history where everybody is homesick yeah home doesn't exist anymore family doesn't exist anymore it is very few and far between that you see this right this is where we have all this nostalgia and all these things where it's like man like even if people won't admit it and they don't realize it if you start cultivating this home maybe there are children that are homeless in your neighborhood no not living out on the street but homeless in the way that their mom isn't there. Mm-hmm. They don't see a loving family. They don't see a loving marriage. They don't see a mom who is serving and caring and tender. Right? right? We've been doing this in our biblical womanhood study. And, you know, and that can change somebody's life seeing that. It can. And, and we're doing this. And it's you know one of our qualifications that we see um, that Paul writes about in giving the instructions for you know elderly widows that need church support, but he's saying, hey, here's some qualifications of what a good woman is. She should have done these things. This is what we're looking for. So any of us who are not an elderly widowed woman, we're like, okay, these things should be defining our lives, right? If when we get to the end, he says, hey, these are the qualifications her life should have shown. We know we can be doing that. And one of it is humble ministry, willingness to serve, right? You go into all of this and you go, so yeah, maybe you're just at home discipling your children, right? And we go, oh, well, that's all I'm doing. Is that it? But guess what? Are you creating this atmosphere? Are you creating this space? Are you willing to open up your home and serve dinner to a, maybe you have a single mom on your street who she works all the time and she's struggling and she doesn't know, invite them over for dinner. Set a few extra places at the table, right? Show them by your conduct of your family what it looks like to have children who aren't consumed by the world. Yeah, even those poor ghetto people. Right. That are like, but, they, they, they don't have like all the same nice stuff as you. Right. Yeah, those, but imagine those, those being in a too. home where instead of just sitting in front of a screen, you guys are having family games. Imagine you're eating together at the table and talking and discussing, spending time in prayer and reading scripture together. Right. Like imagine going to someone's house, having that open and having that offered to you. Sure, it might seem weird at first because people are like, whoa, what are you doing? This is different. Guess what? Your home should look different. If your home doesn't look different than anyone else's, then you're doing something wrong. If you're, if I could put your kids with a bunch of mainstream secular kids and they're all hanging out, having a good time, talking about the same things, laughing at the same stuff, doing the same stuff, then you're raising your children wrong. Oh, yeah. And in the same way, if you are focused on the same things, right? If I were to put you with any other non-believer of the world and you guys are hanging out, talking about the same things, laughing at the same things, focusing on the same things, then you're doing something wrong. It should look different. And that's how we evangelize. You know, I hear all the time, and this is kind of a side topic, but I think it lays into this. We don't celebrate Christmas. Because we looked at it and we said, this is ridiculous. This is a secular holiday. It has no place being mingled with the Lord. Like, this is not holy. We're not doing this. And what's funny is we, we share biblically all of these issues with it. And how many times have we heard Christians go, okay, yeah, I see that. I see that. I see the roots are demonic. I see this. I see that. You're right. It really has, it's, we say it's about Jesus, but it's not. It's about presents and decorations and trips and all of that. Like we, we all get that and, and can be honest with that. But then people go, well, but I just think it's such a great time of year to share the love of Christ with others. And I go, okay, okay. I understand that argument. 
But what's funny is how is going and looking like the world helping you to truly share the, the well, depth not. of it's Christ? Just, it's not, just but yourself, it's the same thing where guess what's more impactful when you say, hey, the world keeps going that way. But guess how we evangelize and we share Christ? We don't go that way at all. We stay over here. And by our conduct, people go, whoa, what's their deal? What the heck is that about? That's weird. That's totally different. So instead of subjecting your children and your family and doing that, your focus is discipleship at home. And in whatever the Lord puts before you, you deal with that as it comes that you share. But I think instead of being quick to want to go jump into all of the things, because we think that that's good. We've all been raised and trained to think that that's good. But guess what? If your discipleship isn't rock solid, so that's a great way, right? Are your children truly, truly discipled in the Lord? Would you say that every single person in your home is daily growing in their biblical literacy and spiritual maturity. If you are not seeing that with every member of your home every single day, then you need to stop focusing on things outside and you need to focus inside. Uh, I agree. Do you see any attitude issues between siblings, between you and your husband, between you and your children? Like, are there any attitude issues anywhere? Any heart issues? Hmm, Then that means you need to not be doing anything outside of the home. You need to pull it all in and get that in check first. Yeah. Right? So when you take just those two key factors and say, hey, do, do we have any disturbances here? Because the moment we do, guess what? We're pulling it in. We're focusing on that. We're making that a priority. And then we can reevaluate. And nobody wants to do that because that's hard. Yeah. And then you feel bad. Well, I, I, we committed to this, so we said we'd do it. I don't want to flake out and not be there. Well, guess what? If you're truly working with a, a church or an organization that is truly serving the Lord, if you go to them and you say, hey, our home is not in order, their first response should be, oh, my gosh, let us pray with you guys. You guys need to get your home in order. If there's anything we can do to support you, we'll support you. But, yes, that takes precedent over whatever ministry, serving, evangelizing opportunity that you were signed up for. Any true man of God that is a shepherd over a church is going to say, no, home being in order is your first priority. You go do that. Let us pray with you. We're here to help. You go take care of that. Don't even worry about this. Right. And if that's not the response you're getting, there's a major issue mm-hmm. because that's not biblical. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I, I know that's kind of a long answer. And again, I don't, I, I don't want to think that all of this is directed towards the, the question that w- the person that asked the question. That was just our kickoff not, point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just the kickoff point for the whole conversation. So right. um, I understand what the person is asking and meaning. So please, again, just don't think that I'm... I'm, I'm but these um, are all the questions that come that. off of this. That's just what Absolutely. all of the questions that come off of it. And this is something that has been, as you could tell, something that we've dealt with before quite often. So that's why, you know, just kind of going and, and taking the time of doing a whole podcast uh, attributed to it. Um, but I do understand that, you know, feeling of, you know, what do we do? We have to do something. I feel it's kind of you know narrow to just do this because you know because that's just what that's just the way that we're um, wired and that's the way that you know the direction that we go and that's that's okay that's fine we can work with that we just you know let, let's cool back let's let's peel back a little bit 
And let's let's look at it, what the Bible actually says about evangelism and about these things. And it, it'll show you that not everybody is an evangelist. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody's meant to do this. And there's there's actually many people that do it that shouldn't do it. Um, I think there's there's a lot of people that 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 cause a lot more harm than they do good, and and they're well-meaning, well-meaning. But the problem is is they 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 ignore scripture. They don't desire that 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 deeper knowledge they don't learn that deeper knowledge so they stay at the surface knowledge and and therefore it 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 doesn't grow any of the people that are around them and it 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 keeps you know and it's why these things just keep going in circles and people have you know are, are, are just kind of lost at what to do or where you know but they keep doing you know it's just so um you know, we you, you just you have to be careful. You have to realize that that not everybody should do it, and there is a lot more harm that could be done uh, in this than good. And so, uh, we all have to to keep that in mind. And I know that's something that I personally I look. You know, I have to. You know, even talking about it now, I'm thinking about it like, man, yeah, we we have to be careful because we can do a lot of harm. You know, I don't. We we underestimate the amount of harm that we can do. No, I don't feel um, we we cannot we cannot block what the Lord has already decreed. There's no way that we can get in the way of that. Um, if and especially when it comes to somebody's salvation, um, it's it's not that somebody in the world's going to be lost because of us. No, I mean that's not consistent with what Scripture says about the doctrine of salvation to begin with. Uh, the doctrine of, of salvation is a gift from God. Period, and God has given that gift to the people that He has chosen from the foundation of the world, and He has predestined those people to 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 this. He has elected them to this salvation, and they will they will ultimately reach that salvation by that irresistible or effectious grace of God that they will absolutely come to it. And there will be no human instrument that gets in that way. There certainly can be bumps in the road, but there it will not hinder that person from salvation. So don't think you're more than important than you really are. Because we're not. We're instruments that the Lord uses. And guess what? If a spoon is, is bent and, and not usable, well, he can easily go get another one. <laughs> and he he's made them, so it's it's alright. Don't worry about it. However, don't underestimate the impact that you can make on somebody else's life either. Because James Jude wouldn't also tell us to snatch people from the fire to save others if we didn't have the ability to do that. So it's a it, it, it's a line that we have to walk, you know. We have to realize that we do hold it. There there is a lot of importance in what we do, but at the same time, the importance isn't just somebody the importance standing isn't fo- up. And, yeah, you know. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Focus on you. On the day of judgment, do not do not fear for the atheist so much the thief, the murderer. If you want to be afraid for someone on the day of judgment, be afraid for those who carried the title pastor. Let me give you an example. I gave this example last night. Let's say that a king had a bride 
He loved her. He dressed her in white. She was pure and precious to him. And the people admired her for her, for her virtue, for her merit. And the king has to go on a long journey. And so he, he uh, tells his steward, he calls his steward in and he says, here are the directions and you are to care for my bride. You do not deviate from this, not, not one jot or tittle. And when I come back, you'll be rewarded or I'll come back and you will be severely punished. Keep this book, these instructions with regard to her. Well, after a few years, the steward realizes that the people are losing their loyalty in the king. And they're no longer concerned about the bride because, well, she's just prudish. She's old fashioned. So he takes her and dresses, takes off her beautiful white garment and replaces it with something really sensual. Paints her face like a prostitute and then marches her up and down the kingdom and uses this new look to attract carnal men back into the kingdom. When that king comes back, there, there are no words to describe what he will do to that steward. And when Jesus Christ comes back, there are no words to describe what he will do to many of these men who call themselves pastors who have done to his bride exactly what the steward did in that parable.